with Joe Brady as the uh, head coach, I would be comfortable drafting Todd Brooks and Stan Parker with our number one pick next year. <laughs> Rise up, winner! Rise up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ballin' show. And we are back again with another episode. I got on the horn tonight. I got Mr. Todd Brooks. How are you, brother? Feel a lot better, Stan, than I did at this time last week, and especially on Thursday night when I told you I couldn't do the show. I was just, woo, that was a rough day. I needed about 18 hours of sleep that night. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but feeling better, though. I'm glad to see you upright and glad to hear your uh, bright and shiny voice. So, it's good to see you, brother. Uh, so, a lot has happened since that time. And um, I would argue, and you probably would agree. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I'm going to let you talk for yourself. Um, that these last Saturday, Sunday, and Monday was the best stretch of sporting entertainment in this calendar year. I mean, the calendar year is young, but uh, yeah. Well, I guess you got it. Like, it's one just... weekend. It's one weekend. Greatest weekend of the year so far. Um, yes, <laughs> and we don't have very many to choose from, especially all the craziness that's been happening. But, dude, triple headers on Saturday and Sunday with the playoffs, some upsets, some good games, and uh, the natty on Monday. Although viewership was down uh, tremendously. Um, in the for the national championship game, so well, when you have a blowout like that one, you know, you tend to get people to tune back out. I mean, I was almost tuning out on my couch, right? I was watching, and I kind of wanted to sleep there by the end of the third quarter because those things are on so late anyway. And so like, late. there's no other college game on Monday night. That's like, I, I think they need to move that around, but I know why they don't because the NFL has dibs on the Saturdays, you know, late in the season into the playoffs, so they don't want to interfere with that. They know they're going to get a bit more eyeballs on yeah. uh monday than they would on a saturday competing against the nfl so i get why they do it but then again yeah i just for wish sure. it was more of a traditional slot so i i was definitely so enjoying some 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 football this weekend and then i got to watching that national championship game there are so many draft picks in both those teams it's not even funny there these the the amount of first rounders that played in that game and if you were going to select one player on Alabama's team who would it be for the Falcons to put them in a foul we're not drafting it doesn't matter number four or whatever if you could have if you just could cherry pick one person one player on the Alabama team who would it be oh I would take Devontae Smith but um you know obviously I'm not gonna add, tell, tell the Falcons to get a receiver you know yeah, I, I want yeah. them to draft the quarterback but if it was one person on Alabama's team it'd be Devontae Smith really I've I've I think I disagree. I'm not maybe I disagree, but my my answer would be different. Mine would be Najee Harris. Well, I, obviously you can't go wrong, but I would I would I would I would cherry pick Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris would look great in a Falcons uniform. Um, he also is obviously Devontae Smith and Najee Harris are depend on other people to do their job effectively. So. Matt Ryan has to, you know, or the quarterback has to be upright and throw them the ball and the offensive linemen have to to block, but I think they would be different. They're going to be difference makers whatever team they go to. 
Um, and then for Ohio State, I, I think the answer is one answer. Justin Fields. Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. Man. Trey Sermons is was good, but is good is good. Trey Sermon is good, but Justin Fields is yeah. He's he's the guy, man. And dude, I have I haven't done this in a long time, man. I turned actually turned on ESPN the other day, like just to see what what they were talking about, and they were doing like a mock draft with uh, Mel Kuyper and all them, and they took um, the Falcons take took um, Zach Wilson, and in, in their mock draft. Justin Fields slipped all the way to 16. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Mel Kuyper has Justin Fields listed as the ninth best player in the draft. Um, but, you know, ESPN does weird. You can always rely on them either because they tend to fall in love with, with some people, some guys, and you just don't really know how deep down they're going to draft. You might have like three or four quarterbacks go at the top of the draft. You just don't know how it's going to work out. Right. I don't think that's how it's going to work, just judging by the teams that are sitting there picking, especially when you have Miami as part of the equation there, unless they just shock everybody and, and take a quarterback. But and they, I guess they could technically, but I don't think they will. And they're talking about that it looks like that the Jets are going to put all their eggs in a basket of Sam Darnold. I think they're going to try to continue on with Sam Darnold is what I've been reading. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a terrible idea, but, I mean, I want them to do it because I want to draft <laughs> the quarterback of my choice. They can keep on keeping on. Yeah, I'm with you on that, so – um yeah my it looks like the closer we get the more evolution happens and people thinking they know best that um but yeah it looks like Trey uh Justin Fields will be available um and I don't know about the uh the draft the uh I, when it gets down closer I'll look at this some more but there is an allure of trading back if the person you want is not on the board say Justin Fields does leave or not leave, but get picked, then you maybe trade back to 10, maybe to try to get Najee Harris at 10 or 12 for the Denver Broncos. I don't know. Somebody who would covet that, that secondary or third, I guess, quarterback on the board. Um, Yeah. Yeah, anyway. I mean, what you're saying there, I mean, yeah, you know, if, if it was that particular player, in particular, Najee Harris, like he's a good running back and everything, but I, I'd just say you don't go that high in the first round on running back. Really? What's okay? Let's. I. You've, we've had this discussion before. Yeah, there was many reasons why. I think just the life uh, time of a running back just isn't good in the NFL anymore. You don't have these guys that are playing, starting for a team for you know Emmett Smith and Emmett Smith type years where they're with a franchise for 16, 17 years. That just doesn't exist anymore. You know, your your lifeline for a running back now is less than ten. Right. And, and for the average running back, it's like three years. So I, I don't think you put that kind of investment in a running back in the first round for them to potentially tear their ACL, their career be done, and then you're building all over again in a couple of years. You know, you can do better than that. So what is the earliest that you would take Najee Harris? In a perfect way. I would go with I would go second round with him. I okay. just want to do it in the first I round. Okay. I would go second round for for a top notch talent. And and but Najee Harris isn't even my top guy as far as running backs. Like I would go ETN before I would go Najee Harris. Hmm. Just my just my opinion. But I will. I like what ETN has. I, I they both run hard. You know, ETN came from the ACC versus the SEC. But I, I, I really think he's a hard nosed runner. He could contribute with the Falcons immediately. Um, he had very few injuries in college. He's not from a Nick 
you know, Nick Saban offensive system. So you have to remember this thing too with Alabama is one reason why that offensive system worked so well is that it was very balanced. You had running back, you had receiver, running back and receiver. You know, Clemson was similar too, but I would not draft a running back in the first round. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. And also too, the, the Alabama running backs, other than Derrick Henry, don't have a really high track record. And I don't, that's that's kind of unfair no. to paint with a broad brush because uh, everybody's different. But um, maybe Mark Ingram maybe had – some success, but he was not to the level Derrick Henry is right now. But yeah, uh, maybe I—I don't know. But I feel like Najee Harris would be—you uh, can't go wrong with Etn or Najee Harris. Even Trey Sermon has, you know, enticed me. Maybe if you miss out on Najee in the third round or second round or whatever, you could you could go there. So, um, but yeah, enough of that. That was interesting to see. You know that college football playoff happen and just the amount of first rounders on that team and Mac Jones put up a big night. Could he entice people to jump up and reach for him? Not the Falcons, but uh, you know, he might've improved his. <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't, I just don't love Mac Jones as a, as a quarterback. Like he works real well in a college system. I mean, him and Kyle Trasker to me, like the same player on the board here, you know, you're like, you're grasping at straws with both of them. To me, both those guys are good college quarterbacks, but I just don't see them being that guy at the next level. But what do I know? I'm not an NFL scout, right. or a GM. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I, I look at both those guys and I just see elite college player. I see a Danny Warfel, Tim Tebow-ish type player. Well, not Tim Tebow, really, but, yeah. you know, yeah. you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're, I think they're better quarterbacks than Tim Tebow was, yeah. but, but they're system guys. Right. Um, and you already seen a preview with Trask. I mean, this might be unfair to judge him, but you know, in Oklahoma, he was missing his top five pass catchers, and the guy looked horrible all night long. Now, it's a lot to, to expect a guy to recover from his top five pass catchers, but to me, he had a chance to really show he was worth the high pick that night, and he didn't do it. Right. And you know, we wanted to talk about you know, Nick Saban running backs not producing. And the pro level, NFL, uh, but Nick Saban quarterbacks have not produced for the pro level either. Uh, none. So, to me, it's risky. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, 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 I totally agree on the sentiment there with Mac Jones. But speaking of uh, – we'll kind of shift gears here. Uh, I was saying, speaking of college – being a college scout that you've proclaimed to be, that uh, the – the Falcons are down to two general managers in their general manager searches. The first one is one that you broke on the, maybe not broke, but you brought, oh, it I the, did break it. You I did broke break it, it like back in November. Yeah. You brought it to the air. I'll never, yeah, I won't forget that. And you brought it to the airwaves and uh, you reported that Terry Fontenot is uh, going to get a shot at interviewing for the, the job. And then Brad Holmes is, he is the – I think he's the college scouting department for the Rams right now. So, yes, uh, that's correct. What are your thoughts on uh, either or Fontenot or Brad Holmes? Okay, so it does seem like one of these two um, is definitely going to end up being the general manager. Rick Smith seems to be out of the whole thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, one of these picks I really like and the other one I don't really <laughs> like at all. I'm not crazy about it. So, uh, start with the one I really like first. Let's go okay. with the good news first. So, Fontenot I really like. Um, he's been with the Saints for 17 years. Um, it is a little bit unclear. You know, he was a, a he was in the scouting department, um, what his exact role was. But 
I knew that going in when they were interviewing him, I was like, I was thinking, well, yeah, he knows Joe Brady already. So I wonder, are they a package deal? And it's looking increasingly like they are a package deal. You get Fontenot in here, you get Joe Brady too. So I've been all over the Joe Brady train for the entire season. Yeah, absolutely. So it looks like I might early. get my wish. Yeah, yeah. I, I may get my wish on this. Um, so Fontenot, I mean, I, I really like him. It, you know, they know how to draft in New Orleans. They've gone through two different rebuilds. Um, he, I know he's not the GM there, but he's learned from some of the best. So, yeah, I think Fontenot's the guy. Now, uh, let's do the Brad Holmes thing, okay, because I read some stuff about him that just – I wasn't that crazy about it anyway, and I just read some stuff that just made me less crazy about it, including a uh, former association with Thomas Dimitrov. There it is. And apparently there it is. he's really good friends with Rich McKay. Look, that is already telling me – That's red flag far, right there. Far away. Yeah, both those are red flags. Right. Stay far away from that guy. I don't want anybody that's got personal relationships with a loser like Rich McKay. And I don't want anybody who's had any kind of association and learned anything from Thomas Dimitrov because the only thing they may have taken away, if they took, let's draft a corner from so from said Division three school. And let's they trade our draft picks. And let's yeah. trade our draft picks around. Yeah, yeah. let's trade down and the let's trade our draft pick for three first round picks, but they're all going to be corner. Let's do that. Yeah, and maybe even an offensive lineman knows heard of. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I. I'm going to agree with a lot of what you said. Terry Fontenot, I've really kind of gotten excited about that. Even though he's from New Orleans, I could get over that. If they're going to come here and beat New Orleans, then I'm cool. But, yeah, I, I like that hire. Um, and then if that was to happen, then I would, of course, be on the gravy train of the Joe Brady train. Like you said, I'm on board. Um, it looks like, kind of side note, just pause right there, that uh, – for whatever reason, Eric Bieniemy did not have a good interview. I'm I'm seeing uh, that around. I don't know what. Yeah. Okay. So that came from Falcoholic. Uh, right. I know which report you're talking about. I don't know how much truth there is to that. Now that story broke initially, and then a story broke with ESPN later, and I think uh, the Orlando Ledbetter also reported this that that was false, and that he actually did have a good interview, and the Falcons brass was very angry that that story broke. But there might have been some truth to that initial story. I was listening to your podcast the other night, too, and I was kind of, you know, thinking the same thing with Eric Benemini, too. So he's not actually the play caller in Kansas City. So I don't know if I'm quite, you know, as on board with that as I would have been at one time myself. So I was all on board. I was like, he's the evil mastermind. I get it. But Andy Reid definitely has his fingers in the pot, and 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 he doesn't – Eric Benemini – it came out in like an official interview or uh, I think it was, I don't even know how it all came out, but he was like, Oh, he doesn't call plays. You know that, right? I was like, what? He's like, no, he don't call plays. He just like helps install the offense. And I was like, was he just hold the, I was like, hold the clipboards. Like that terrifies me. I'm like, no, I'll take whatever Todd. Yeah. Whatever the name Todd, they give me, give me Joe Brady then. I, Joe that, Brady. Yeah. Joe Brady. That, <laughs> that's what I'm like, man, that scared me off, man. I'm like, I'm off to be enemy train. So I, Hey, look, I'm all over the Joe Brady thing. Cause it is a risk. It is a huge risk, but right. I think that's what you have to do in today's NFL in order to win. Think outside the box, do something different than what everybody else is doing. Not just do the same old status quo thing. Bring us some recycled guy like a Todd Balls or something. I mean, that's ridiculous that we even gave him an interview at all. That is, I dude, 
I will be absolutely livid. I didn't give it justice last podcast because I'm doing it by myself. I didn't want to sound like a raving lunatic, but like I am going to be very upset if they hire Todd Bowles. I I will not be happy. So uh, I'm way out on Todd Bowles. And of the seven, eight, they've they've interviewed eight head coaches, and only two of them have defensive backgrounds. One Todd Bowles and uh Salah or Salah, I think it's how you pronounce it now. Salah is in with uh, the 49ers. The rest so of even though, so even though that story broke, you know, with Rich McKay saying he didn't want to be stuck in a box and and just go for offensive guys, that does appear to be what they're doing. They're they're seeming like they're seemingly looks like they're going for the offensive guy. And hey, Joe, there's no better offensive guy than Joe Brady, and Joe Brady has never had what I would call an, you know, an elite-level quarterback. You could say that with Burrow, I guess. But you can look at Joe Burrow the way he was before Brady and after Brady and two different guys. That's incre- It's incredible and innovative, and I'm down to clown. Listen, and just think of the scenario. They could really actually be unfolding. New GM, new, young, risky kind of head coach, and then you go – you draft, you talk about being innovative slash doing something out of the box of what the Falcons normally do. It's time to rebuild, get another quarter. You know, you can take Justin Fields in the first round. Now you're, now you're on the right trajectory. So yeah, that's exciting. I am, I am definitely cool with that. And then I heard, I saw some reports that um, you've probably seen the same reports, but I don't, I can't even think of it now, but they were like, they're now getting into the nitty gritty of who to bring in as uh, offensive coordinators and defense defensive coordinators. It's not, it's McDaniel's his last name. I can't, is it? Uh, anyway, they, they, they're starting to round in a form of like names being floated of what could potentially be his offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. And speaking of offensive coordinator and defensive coordinators, we got some couple, you know, headlines across the league pertaining mm-hmm. to the Falcons. The first one is um, much bigger news that Dan Quinn has been hired as the Cowboys defensive coordinator. He signed a three-year deal, I think, yesterday or a couple days ago. Um, good luck. I hope they become fast and physical over there in um, in Dallas. So uh, I say who's... good for him. That's definitely an upgrade compared to what they had. They had Mike Nolan there as defensive coordinator. They ran a, a three-four set, and right. it looks like they're going to go back to a four-three now. Four-three. And Dan yeah. Quinn did really well as a defensive coordinator in Seattle when he was there for those two short years. I don't know how much that really had to do with him or Pete Carroll, but they, their defense fell off after that, and their defense caught up with them this weekend too. Ooh, yeah. I that's the only I got. I missed like of the six I pick, I picked three wrong. So. Um, yeah, all the games were good this weekend except for that uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh game. That was that, that got interesting at the end, but yeah, yeah that was way out of hand, dude. And that was was like shades of the Super Bowl, the uh, Dallas and the um, Seattle Super Bowl in 2014, I believe. That uh, the first snap of the game was over his head, like over Ben Roethlisberger's head. That was kind of that's what happened with Peyton Manning against Seattle the first time. So. Yeah, in 2014, uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, okay, so we got Dan Quinn getting a job down there at uh, in Dallas. Uh, kudos to him, seriously, getting on laying on his feet and you know getting back in the league. And then there are reports that, um, oh, I can't even think of his name now. 
Dirk Cutter is taking a job at Boise State. Is there a head coach? I don't know what he there was. It wasn't in the article. It was just he's going to go be um, on the coaching staff. Okay, so I know that I, I know that Boise State attempted to get Kellen Moore because he's an alum there. He was yeah. uh, their quarterback for a little while. They tried to get him to take the head coaching job, but he opted to stay on as the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator. Which you know, I mean, it probably still pays more than going to Boise State and having to go through those long winters. Um, but Dirk Cutter, I mean, he's got head coaching experience in college before he coached Arizona State for a little while in the early, mid-2000s, I believe. Didn't do yeah. very well there. But just pretty much like Dirk Cutter and any of his stops. It's like, where, when has he done well anywhere? Like, actually have done well, man. So, forget that. So, just uh, interesting. And there was no fanfare. There was no, hey, we're firing this guy. There's no nothing. It was just one little report one little tweet that said looks like dirt cutter is going to take or uh join the boise state uh, coaching staff and that didn't even say the head coach so that's he's just sneaking out in the middle of the night so um he knew it we knew it writing was on the wall uh raheem morris got an interview with the jags um uh, yeah i would imagine that he is remember there was a time that was whether or not Raheem is going to be the head coach again for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. I think that ship has like way sailed, but that um, ship has sailed, but yeah. in the national media, like people reporting and stuff that has completely left the, tr- the station there. So, uh, which is good. I'm, uh, you know, I mean, that's I'm, what I'm for. I mean, I don't mind Raheem Morris. I like Raheem. in different circumstances. I wouldn't have minded Raheem Morris being the head coach, but just, Needing a, the Falcons needing a fresh start, needing to focus more on the offensive side of the ball. You know, we got a good enough sample size of Raheem Morris this year. He went four and seven as interim coach of the Falcons. Instead of losing a record, we were still blowing games. I, I know the defense had played better, but we, we still blew our fair share of games this still, year, too. So I, I think it was the best move to move in a different direction. Yep. Still blowing games. That's the That's the thing, man. Like, I cannot wait to get rid of that stigma of just you know not being clutch i just i'm excited to to get a i don't know a fresh coat of paint on this franchise so um yeah and i mean and look and i'm i'm jacked with all the new all the moves that are coming out and all the news that's coming out anyway like jimmy and that's what i want to hear all on joe brady like the guy yeah. that i handpicked for myself yeah like, look that's not, that looks like that's where we're going with i it. know that i'd be very depressed if, if something else happened at this point i know arthur blank called you a couple back in november and he was like hey todd who should we go for as the head coach and you were like you know what uh, mr blank uh, can i call arthur can i call you Arthur? arthur yeah i think you should go joe uh joe brady i know you have the hotline right there I hear Arthur Blank's a big fan of the show, and he listens to us regularly. So, I mean, but that's shout out to you, Arthur Blank. We love you, man. Arthur. (laughs) But yeah, um, yeah, that's so wild, man. All the the changes coming, and it sounds like okay. So, and we called it too in the beginning. We just said between me and you, we're like, I want them to do their due diligence. Do not bring me in, Todd Bowles. Do not and do and it's another one that's like. Oh, the Falcons need to go out and get this guy, Doug Peterson. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on Doug Peterson? Yeah, I was actually going to ask you that too. Um, I mean, he got kind of a raw deal in Philadelphia. I thought like, he got a statue like, and a Super Bowl. Yeah, they literally been in the playoffs every year, except for this year. 
And it just seemed like him and the owner just had like some friction between the two of them. And there was a whole ridiculous like national Sunday night thing where they intentionally lost a game and gave a playoff spot to the Redskins. It got a little weird there at the end. But I understand why they were doing that because they were trying to get a better pick. And yeah, but still, I, don't, I don't know. This is you can't optically do that. Like you can't hey, blatantly do if, that. If Raheem Morris had done that, I'd give him the job. <laughs> You're. Cr- <laughs> I know. That's worth a promotion, man. It's yeah. not worth the demotion. It's worth a yeah. promotion. Yeah. But you know, it's like I, I, Doug Peterson, I like. He won a Super Bowl. I don't want him for the Falcons' job, though. I want Joe Brady. I, I want the. I want the outside the box guy. Yeah, I, I, want sw- I, I was. Isn't recycled, but I mean, Doug Peterson's fine. He'll bounce back and he'll end up with a good job somewhere else. I'm sure he'll get one of these jobs that's open. But absolutely, this is I think this is a blessing for Joe. I think it might have been a mutual. Listen, I'm tired of you. You're tired of me. You've clearly chosen Carson Wentz over me. I'm I'm going to leave now. It's like okay, I think that's because. Did you, and it got even weirder today. The general manager came out and was like, "Did he? Did their general? The, the Eagles' general manager came out today and was like, did he deserve to get fired? No. That the, the Eagles are just going in a different direction for their franchise. It was like, what are you saying? You're y'all are dumb. So yeah, uh, it, well, it, it was stupid to fire Doug Peterson and choose, uh, you know, and choose. Carson Wentz over Doug Peterson anyway. First of all, you won your Super Bowl without Carson Wentz. He was hurt. You know, he didn't win the Super Bowl for you. He wasn't and even – he was hurt. He had like an ACL, didn't he, with an ACL tear? Yeah, he was having an MVP season. Well, he didn't win the MVP. So, like, let's just – I know he gets the almost MVP that year. I don't know why, but he's like – he was having an MVP caliber season, but he didn't win the MVP. He was hurt, and he stays hurt. And some – as backup quarterback won his position, one he had a magical run, and a backup quarterback did his job in a in a good system with the Philly yeah. special. And so, Nick Foles, Nick Foles Nick got Foles. hot at the right time, and right. and he won the Super Bowl. And that was, I think, that was Winston's rookie year too, wasn't that? Wasn't that his first year? He played yeah. almost all season, and then he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that, that was his first year, first year Philadelphia quarterback. Yeah, and two. Um, they drafted last year. They drafted Jalen Hurts. Was it last year? Two years ago. Yeah, it was. It was last year. Last yeah, year, because he was still in college last year. Yeah, they they drafted Jalen Hurts, and I guarantee you, the Doug Peterson didn't want to spend a second round pick on a quarterback when he had one already there, and all of a sudden they created a quarterback controversy. I don't know. It's that that whole that whole deal i know we spent a lot of time right there but that whole deal was weird man so um he'll have a good spot to land in um but for the falcons no thanks hard pass i think we've narrowed it down to a couple good spots but back to my thought sorry um squirrel uh what we said in the beginning was we just want the falcons to do do their due diligence and interview quality guys and so they've to my estimation they've interviewed 10 general managers and they've interviewed eight head coaches and they're all guys that you're not like pounding your head against the wall like why did you even talk to that guy so yeah yeah and and look it's just a good idea you know i hire people for my job and and like i'm a numbers person so i try to interview usually a minimum of 20 people for a single position that's a lot of people todd it it's time consuming but i like numbers because what i usually find in those numbers out of 20 people 
you know, the resumes may look good in there, but out of 20 people, I might find four I really, really like. And I think having choices is good. I don't like hiring the first person. I, I work with another guy. And what he chooses to do, he likes to hire a first person off the street. You're hired because he doesn't want to fool with it. But I like to do my due diligence, spend about 30 to 45 minutes with each person, take like two weeks to do it. Don't be in a rush to do it and hire the right person because I don't want to have to fire them later and then have to do the whole process over again. So it's better to spend time at the very beginning so you're not looking for a new head coach or a new employee a year or two down the road. You want to do it the right way. Wise words from the the wise Mr. Todd Brooks. That's uh, the, and I think that the Falcons uh, hopefully, and I think they we might get some word. I'm for real. We might get a word that tomorrow either general manager or both um, coming up very soon. Maybe end of this week. I, I'm cool. Yeah, I think maybe even tomorrow, like you said, or yeah. So. Um, we might be dead. I mean, cause all the reports are getting hot. You know, the people, the insiders that are saying this, that, and the other thing that uh, it sounds like it's really narrowed down and they're really torn. So I don't know. Yeah, man. It's, it's coming soon. And, and Fontenay, he um, actually interviewed for the Jacksonville Jaguars general, general manager job today. And um, was what was the, that? Was it Jaguars or was the Broncos? It doesn't matter. He interviewed for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he may have interviewed the Broncos. Too, I think he interviewed for the no, Broncos. I saw that before we went on airs that he interviewed for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that may have been more of a formality for them just to get another interview number in because, I mean, it looks like they've got their, their coach. It's just a matter of him choosing. I want to go there. Like, it looks like Urban Meyer is still the guy. But I keep hearing all these other names. It's like 12 million, 12 million a year, 10 million a year. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think it's a difference in money. I don't think they're willing to pay him twelve million dollars a year, but they might give him ten. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't know. I mean, to me, that's a risky hire too. That's not really even an outside the box hire. That's just kind of like you know how you coach college football for a while. You want to go coaching the pros, man. So you've you've had brain injuries coaching right. college football. So if you go to the pros, it's gonna magically heal everything. So you got heartburn. You know, can't bounce. That needs to be like yeah. a, that needs to be like a clause in his contract that if you get heartburn, I mean, you can't like just leave. All the rumors I've heard about Urban Meyer anyway over the years, like the Florida situation, I always heard that was an affair, and that just never came to light. Like there was an affair there, and so he stepped down to preserve his marriage. And then the Ohio State thing, and there was just heat coming down from allegations yeah. and that kind of thing. And there was that uh, – he had the assistant coach that mm-hmm. uh, had beat on his wife and yeah, stuff. And he so, knew about it, and no one knew about yeah. it, but he knew about it. and didn't. Rep- yeah, this is uh, – it's a bad – that was a sticky situation there. Yeah, and that's a sticky situation to bring him to the NFL that's had a history of domestic abuse situations too. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a risky move. But if it gets fannies and seats, then baby, uh, show me the cash money. That's, that's well, the name yeah, of Jacksonville has always had a uh, fanny, fannies and seats problem too, and that's been one rumor they've had for a long time about them moving to London, which I don't London. think that's ever realistically going right? to happen. Yeah, there was there were rumors about that, but look, come on, realistically, and is that ever really going to happen? I think, like that would be the most unfair thing you could do to any team because what are they going to do? They're going to like be stuck in London and play eight games a year, but then they're going to have to go on the road and go like halfway around the world yeah, for eight think games. About, that makes no sense. Yeah, well, and then I was like, then they're talking about like Mexico City, it's kind of the same time zones, not that bad of a flight, that kind of thing. But I don't think that ever really took off. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that would be easier to do, but no, man, that feels an American game. Keep it, you know, like let them go there and play, have different teams play in London like they're doing now, and that's fine, but don't 
you don't need a team that's going to permanently be in London. That's not fair to that team. That team will never go to the playoffs. I'm telling you, they'll never make the playoffs <laughs> ever. It'll be like the Colorado Rockies, like occasionally getting into the playoffs. Like they play in the USA, but they're in. Uh, they play up in the Rocky Mountains where the elevation's all screwed up, and they can they can never get any pitching there. Yeah. So they make the playoffs like once every ten to fifteen years, you know, just randomly. But it's not because their pitching's good. Their pitching's a product of their environment, and yeah, they, don't, the, they just their, don't do well. Yeah, half their games are a mile above sea level. So yeah, I mean, and Jacksonville is it's a tough place to win. That they you know all their success came early. In, in that team's tenure, you know, when they had Mark Brunel and they had uh, Tom Coughlin as their head coach. And, you know, they upset the Denver Broncos in the in the NFC divisional playoffs. And then they went through making the playoffs but then losing to the Broncos almost every year for a while. And then they finally broke through and made the uh, playoffs, made it to the AFC Championship game. And then they got old and they fell apart. Yeah. You know, but Jacksonville is a – is a, a city though they will come out and support you if you're winning football games and they're gonna have trevor lawrence there that's the reason for people to come out you got lots and lots of cap space lots and lots of draft picks there's no reason why jacksonville can't be successful yeah 10 four on that that's uh and this used to be the falcons problem at one time too they couldn't get fannies and seats either and yeah. they haven't had that problem over the last uh what 22 years or so they've they've been able to get fannies and seats they've been a consistent winner for the most part so for couple of seasons yeah and i i think too dude imagine the amount of fannies getting in seats you know post-covid and all this stuff but like clamoring to get your hands on tickets because of justin fields and joe brady yeah man just the excitement you mentioned something about going to a game this year i was like nope not doing it but man if you don't go to a game next Next year year? justin fields our quarterback i'm all in i'll go yeah let's do it let's get a road trip going okay All right, let's get down to the, the time of the show where let's uh you want to pick some games, Todd? Yeah, sure. Let's uh <laughs> let's pick some games. Let's pick some games. I'm gonna let you ring it up real quick. Um so the big surprise over uh the playoff weekend, I think, was the the Cleveland game. Just in how dominant I I figured it'd be a close game, but I didn't realize how dominant Nick Chubb, go dogs. Um go dogs. Go dogs. And, hey, the dogs and Dogs and ex Falcons uh, had a pretty good, uh, pretty good weekend. Uh, Croy, Be- not Croy Beerman. Whoa, man! <laughs> He's not a bulldog. I'll give him credit for that. Jeez, let me, let me. I messed one name. Up. I was doing so good. Uh, no, the one with long hair. Uh, uh, Reed. Last name Reed. Oh my gosh! I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, anyway, um. Anyway, a lot of, there was uh, Adrian Claiborne played this weekend. A lot of uh, guys. Austin Hooper had a pretty good game against with the with the uh, the Browns. Uh, obviously, Nick Chubb. So, anyway, that was the surprise of the weekend. Um, I think the Bills. Man, I, I like the Bills team. Man, I think they got. I think they got. They got a shot of being uh, hanging with Kansas City. I think. So anyway, let's pick some games. Ready? First game of the, the first Bills game of, have the Ravens this weekend. Right, I know. That's I looked ahead. That's, you're you're a week early. I'm a week <laughs> early. So, all right. So L.A. Rams and Green Bay Packers. That's the uh, the early. That's the first game on Saturday. Yeah, I really like the way the Rams played against Seattle, defense. but I think yeah they they played good defense. I think that's probably their. Uh, one good game, though, because I just like Green Bay's quarterback so much better than 
LA's quarterback. So I'm going to go with the Packers in that game. Yeah. Uh, you want me to pick a score too? Uh, no, we'll just go straight pick them. That's fine. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah, I like. Um, yeah, I like Rodgers in that spot too. Uh, got some rest. Everybody getting healthy. Maybe rest versus rust comes into the into the equation. But Carson, not Carson Wentz. Uh, Jared Goff has just had a thumb surgery. Like, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that was. If you remember Kurt, the end of Kurt Warner's career, I'm not saying it's the end of his career, but Kurt Warner had had thumb problems that he couldn't grip the ball out of a snap. They were having to move him to shotgun and stuff. But like, um, he that thumb man is a that's a that's a real problem if he's got real thumb problems. So that could mess with him. But Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks I've seen like throw the football. Very talented. So uh, yeah, I'm going Rodgers there. Or yeah, and, and, you know, here's the thing, too. I mean, with the Rams, like, I didn't like Seattle the whole season anyway. I mean, everybody else was wanting to kiss their butts. But, you know, I was just kind of like, <laughs> you know, I, I Seattle's <laughs> pass defense is horrible because I could not compare them to the Falcons all season long. And I think ultimately their pass defense had improved a little bit over the course of the season. I think by the end of the day, I think they were only like a yard worse on pass defense than the Falcons. But at one time, they were like 50 yards worse. Yeah. So it that's did improve saying, over it, the season. But yeah, season. that's saying something. All right, so yeah. the next game on Saturday, the late game on Saturday at 8.15 is uh, Buff- uh, Buffalo Bills and Baltimore Ravens. Okay, so uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, he finally won his first playoff game. Uh, I kind of just feel like that they're being overlooked a little bit. You know, Buffalo is really good. I really like Josh Allen. They've been good all year, but this is kind of my upset special of the week. I think uh, Baltimore is going to pull off the upset on Buffalo. Really? Yeah, I think Lamar. You think Lamar Jackson goes goes uh, runs rampant all over him? Yeah, I mean, I just think he's due. I mean, he's been in the league for a while. You kind of have to look for that guy that's due. He's been in the league for a while. He's lost both of his playoff games. They finally got over the hump. You always have to look out for teams when they get over the hump and and win their first playoff game. Now I think they're hot. Now I think they can go all the way. They're a lower seed. Hey, lower seeds make the Super Bowl all the time. Go Ravens. Okay. All right, so uh, I am going the opposite of you. I'm going Buffalo. Defense is stingy, and I think uh, they bang around. Uh, they they bang around um, the Baltimore quarterback. Sorry, I can, Lamar Jackson, and I think uh, the Bills. Uh, I think they out. I think they outdo them. I think the Bills win on that one. Okay, so then Sunday we'll move to Sunday. The three hundred five game is Cleveland Capital. Cleveland Cavaliers, dude. Cavaliers, I, yeah, buddy. Yeah, Cleveland Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Who you got in this one? I, I just think that uh, Kansas City, I mean, you know, I, Cleveland had their one offer. They, they got Pittsburgh. That was like um, first time they won a playoff game in a really long time. 18 years. Yeah, you know, like they're – is it is it that soon? I thought it was more than that. I thought it was 18 they, years. Maybe I got they, my they, thing wrong. They've only been back for uh, since '99. I don't think they had won a playoff game since they were. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but since they were, since they've been back in Cleveland, I don't think they had won one. I think that was their first win, and I thought it was more than 18 years. Know, but maybe. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll look it up. Yeah, um, but I, I, I just think, man, Kansas City is just so good. They're still hungry. They had a week off. Uh, Mahomes. By far, I think the best quarterback in the league. I like Kansas City big. In this like one. Kansas City big, not even yeah. like a, a dirty smash mouth kind of like 17-14 kind of game. I don't think so. Okay, I, I think you could say a forty-two to twenty type game. Gotcha. Yeah, they're very 
Kansas City is extremely explosive. Um, and uh, I think uh, the, the the Browns, if they can slow the game down and jump on Chubb and Kareem Hunt's back and, and, and control the clock, kind of like what the Falcons did against Kansas City, I think that they could get them, but I'm not picking against them. I'm going Kansas City all the way. So, um... So I go in Kansas City there. So we've only deviated one time. I have the Bills. You got the Ravens. And then Tampa Bay, Buccaneers versus New Orleans Saints. In division rivalry game. In in the division, two 90-year-old quarterbacks hashing it out. Who do you have in this illustrious matchup? Okay, this one's a struggle for me. I, mean, I probably struggled with this game more than any other one. Okay, so if you look at the history, it all says New Orleans, right? New Orleans won 34-23 to in week one. And then they just on that Monday night football game, they beat them 38 to three. Um, so it, it looks like New Orleans. But the thing is, though, it's hard to beat a team twice three in times. one season, but it's really tough to beat a team three times three in times. one season. I feel like Tampa Bay is just really hot right now. Like nothing like getting two wins over the Atlanta Falcons in like your last four games of the season to generate up. some hotness factor. And yeah. uh, they you know, booked Detroit there at the end. They won their playoff game this past weekend. Uh, New Orleans looked okay, but not great in their playoff game. But I'm going to go with Tampa with the upset in this one. I think uh, the senior citizens are going to pick up their first playoff win against uh, New Orleans. Yeah. That's a uh, playoff win overall, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I struggle on this one too because I think this might be a coin toss game. Uh, you can throw a lot of, oh, Tampa Bay Saints matchups. You can throw all that out the window. I think Tampa Bay comes – I think Tom Brady comes to play. Um, but I'm going to go contrarian. I'm going to go opposite then. I'm going to go – I am going to go Saints. But I think it's going to be a nail-biter, and it's gonna, I think it's going to be a really good game. So Yeah, I do think it's going to be a good game. It will not be a route like the other two games. Right. So, all right. So, that's a, that's a fun uh, way to end the show there. You got – so, I think we both got the Packers. You got the Ravens over the Bills. I got the Bills. And we both have Kansas City – you have the Bucks. I have the Saints. It's going to be a fun weekend of football. Um, and before hopefully we leave the airways, though, Stan, before yes. we leave the airways, I want you to ask me that question that you asked me before the show began regarding the national championship game last night. Okay. Yes. In 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 light of the the, the events that transpired in the college football national championship game, has your opinion changed of Justin Fields? No, my, my opinion has not uh, changed at all. Look, I'm just thinking Joe Brady right now. And having a union between Joe Brady and Justin Fields, could you imagine how good Justin Fields could be once that guy has a chance to tutor him? I know that Justin Fields struggled last night. There could have been many reasons for that. He still could have been hurt from that game against Clemson. And his ribs could have been hurt. His back could have been hurt. We don't really know. Plus, he lost a starting running back the very first play of the game, Craig Sermon. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that also was a factor in it as well. And he still, you know, like kept them in it for a little while until they just totally imploded. Um, but, no, I'm still going Justin Fields. I, I think that's the guy to go with for the Falcons at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, some, you know, I've, I've read some stuff online, too, that people getting uh, probably nervous about Justin Fields not being able to read a defense or being not being able to – you know, he on the biggest stage of the biggest game, he didn't produce and maybe had some errant throws. But uh, like you said, health, um, help and um, try to do it all, you know, try to do it all. But I mean, 
I, dude, I have, I call, I like paused it and like called Carol in from the other room. I was like, come check this run out. He's breaking runs off still in this game, trying to will this team to win. And I was like, can you imagine that being in a Falcons uniform? We ain't had that in a long time. Yeah, Stan, I tell you, with Joe Brady as the uh, head coach, I would be comfortable drafting Todd Brooks and Stan Parker with our number one pick next year. <laughs> That's how confident you are. I'm, That's hey, right. don't you worry. Don't you worry. You'll you'll hear that again. <laughs> I'll I'll chop. I'll save that. Don't worry. I'll save that. Um, <laughs> That's a soundbite, Dale. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a promo. But, yeah, I, I, I'm excited about the Joe Brady deal, and I give you total credit, man. I'm going to give you all the credit for that Joe Brady, and it probably, it's probably going to drop this week. So, um, y'all stay tuned, man. Yeah, stay tuned. Now, if something were to change and Joe Brady does not become our head coach, he's going to come on here cussing. To one of the most, I'm going to be coming on here cussing. I'll be one of the most <laughs> depressed, uh, one of the most depressed personalities ever on, on podcasting. Yeah. Um, it's just that would devastate me. It would devastate yeah. me. I've gotten so hyped up, and I'm like, I'm just sending text messages. I'm like, man, I'm jacked for this. I'm pumped up now. That would just like just send me back the other way immediately, especially if it's Todd Bowles. Can you imagine? Like, you go from like uh, such a high down to like the other. I've seen you on a low too, though. That's just me. I do, dude. I listen. I would lose my ever loving mind if they had picked Todd Bowles. I of all the names, dude. Marvin Lewis, even. I would. I don't know. I just. Maybe not Marlos. Okay. Let me stop. Let me no, maybe not. But that's a bad one. So Todd Bowles. Now he was in. He was head coach of the Jets before, yes. right? Was he at Arizona too, or was he just with the Jets? Was it just one head coaching job? I think it was just one Jets. I think maybe he was on Arizona staff. staff. Maybe yeah. yeah, he might have been like the defensive coordinator or something. But I mean, had, you know, he's had successful defenses. Though. I will give him credit. He could coach a defensive team that he's. He's had very uh, successful defenses. Even the Jets in his tenure were a successful defense. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it just – it it's probably not, I don't know, the worst hire, but it would be pretty close to it. I mean, yeah, I just couldn't. I'm trying to spin it in some way that would no, be positive. No, there's no spin in it. Just, there is no spin in that one, is there? Yeah. Speak yeah. Language. Yeah. Okay. I, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, that would be a disappointing one. And then, uh, what? What? Okay, if the Falcons, if it came out three, two, one, breaking news right now, what name would disappoint you the most? If who they hire for head coach or GM? Oh, for head for head coach. Oh, uh, for head coach, probably yeah. Todd Bowles would, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Actually, Marvin Lewis would probably be pretty close there. Four v two. I mean, he's got more head coaching experience, but his teams just never did anything in the postseason like they were and they would just get blown away too it's not even that they would like they weren't even competitive right. they would just get blown just, away by whoever they were playing in the postseason it's like they didn't show up it's ridiculous um, his playoff record look mike smith's playoff record is better better than, than marvin yeah. lewis's so that tells you a lot right yeah. there well he's most successful coach in falcons history i think right oh well, he is dude look he to me he's the best coach they ever coached for the falcons but man Joe Brady, we bring Joe Brady in. He's got a chance, he's, man. Yeah, he's got a game chance. Breaker. He's got a chance to be the best ever coach. That's a guy that can stay around for – got to be patient with him. He can stay around for a long time. My my disappointing hire would be uh, Raheem Morris. Yeah, but – yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Honestly, I'd rather have Raheem Morris than Marvin Lewis. Yes, never mind. You're right. Totally, yeah. Our Marvin, top bowls. Yeah. I mean, I – 
I think I, we even talked about, you know, similar. I don't think we mentioned Todd Bowles' name in there. We mentioned we were talking about somebody. I said, I'd rather just have Raheem Morris. Yeah. We're talking same. about, I think maybe we were talking, oh, yeah, we were talking about uh, Robert. How do you say it? Salih? Salah. 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 Yeah. So we were talking about him. I said, I'd rather just go ahead and hire Raheem Morris than to hire him. Yeah. I, I wanted the offensive guy the entire time. So, right. yeah, I did exactly what, um, I, I did exactly what our esteemed president, uh, Rich McKay, didn't want it to do, and I put us in a box, and I put went off as a guy, and darn it, I, I want my way about it. It's like, I don't, well, he said, I don't want to be in a box. It's like, okay, well, let's just take out, just take out all the names. It's like, of the seven. It was like, what do you do? <laughs> it's like, why would you even say that then? Yeah, so anyway. Um, well, yeah. they did, I mean, I'm glad they're doing their due diligence because it did seem like they rushed the hires before, like Dan Quinn, that's the only name I think I even heard about in the last cycle, like, that's what, 2014 when we were hiring a new coach. It's the only name wait. I heard the whole time. They had to wait till after the Super Bowl. No, I disagree. Well, I was very in tune to that race. The names were Rex Ryan, Todd Bowles, and Dan Quinn. Those are the three finalists. And, yeah, but I didn't hear anything about anybody other than Dan Quinn like going into the playoffs. So, like, I didn't hear yeah. Rex Ryan like in the regular season. Quick. I heard yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which Rex Ryan, I would have been, I would have been fine with that. I like. He's Rex a nutcase, man. He's crazy. I, I he was, love nutcases. They make the best coaches. Yeah, absolutely. The crazier, so. the better. They're insane. If they're insane, they make better coaches. They're saying they don't make good coaches. That's <laughs> that's why you have to look at it, brother. That you've you found the secret sauce. You just get you an insane head coach. Exactly. I mean, Jeff Brady doesn't seem insane, but I mean, he's just a good play caller, man. I just, man, it's unbelievable. My first choice. I've, I've never gotten my first choice to anything. It's gonna be the first time ever. Yeah, that and uh, <laughs> we'll have to get you a. Uh, we'll, have, we'll make you a trophy. Yeah. So Lewis Reddick, though. I mean, what what do you think? Do you think there's just no interest on his part for any GM job? Like, I just haven't heard a lot about him around the league you know that was our first choice for general manager and it's like nothing i've heard i've heard he had one interview and so i heard about it yeah i mean either and he has he hasn't got any traction or anything um he might have looked at the job and noticed how much work it is and it was like you know what i'll stay in the booth and just talk about the games i don't know if it's on his half on his side or if it's on the team side of you know being nervous about an ESPN analyst. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, being on TV is an easy thing for a guy to get you know caught up in and just do though because you have a very consistent schedule. You know, you meet on Monday nights, you call your game, you have this long off season, you get to do some NFL draft stuff. But you know, you got a lot of time off. I mean, being a GM is different. You know, it's a full time commitment, and you're stuck in it for a long time. So you may have just figure, hey, for the money I'm making and. I'm on TV. You know, this is what I want to continue doing. I don't want to be an NFL right. GM yet. Right. So that's maybe that's some speculation there. Yeah. All right, Todd. It was a good one. Stay tuned, everybody. We got some. We got some breaking news. I know coming up soon. Um, and we'll get a GM and a, and a head coach, and we'll go from there. Um. Yeah, emergency podcast when it happens. Emergency podcast. I'm down. I'll call you, and we'll uh, we'll get it coordinated, and we'll go through. Uh, it, heck, it might be it might be soon. So, all right, man. If y'all like what y'all heard tonight, go ahead and like us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter, and uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast these days. And until next time, Falcons fans. Very soon, rise up.